All right, well, good morning to you. I want to invite you to go to James chapter 4 in your Bibles. It's also available on version. And if you're able to, why don't we just stand to honor God's word today? We, we do that on many different Sundays. And after I read the scripture, uh, I'll present this as the word of the Lord. And if you choose so, you can say, thanks be to God. At this point, if you are going to be baptized or if your child's going to be baptized, if you could just go to the back and just check in with uh, Normandy, who leads our baptism team, that will help us. So go ahead and make your way uh, to Normandy, who is in the back right now, and we'll be seeing you in just a few minutes and celebrate with you. James chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And speaking of scripture, I want you to hear this as we start this message today and every message. The word of God is for you. It's not against you. The word of God is for you. I I was so touched by that Psalm 19 reference today because I knew where we were going. And I just thought if, if the people could see that scripture's for them. You know, so many times we think that, that in, in our immature stance, Scripture is restrictive and it's against me. But Scripture is for you. And watch what happens in your life when you live according to his word. And sometimes we live according to his word begrudgingly. And that's still effective because that's the power of truth. But when we love Scripture and we love truth and, and we... Step into that, that pathway that the Bible has given to us. We have no idea all that God has for us. So trust in that this morning. And I, I don't care what's happened the last year or what even happened last night. It's a new day. It's a new day. I don't care what happened this morning. It's a new moment. And we've been created to delight in the word and delight in scripture. And I don't know of another scripture that has meant more to Christians than what we just read. Resist the devil and he will flee. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Think about how many Christians over the last 2,000 years have, have either heard that scripture or these last few hundred years that we've had access to the scripture has read that scripture and has quoted that and and has given us strength. And it it helps me sometimes just to say, devil, I resist you. That's a good thing to do. And, And that's helpful to even my ears to hear what my mouth says. That's good and helpful. But in addition to that, I want you to see the scriptures before James 4 and 7 through 8, because I'm calling you in part two of this sermon to, yes, resist the devil verbally and resist the devil in, in the ways that could sometimes feel good emotionally in the moment. That's great. But also resist the devil in an unspectacular way. And that comes through obedience to scripture. And specifically, there's, there's real practical things, James says. And so we, we love the book of James. It's a great place to start in your Bible reading because James is really practical. The half-brother of Jesus, I mean, he, he's going to give us steps for living. So this is what's cool about this message today. I know every single one of us, me included, I'm going to have something tangible to, to take home in my heart and, and to react to 
Because remember, Scripture is for me. And everything that the Lord reveals today is good for you. Let me just quickly tell you what you missed last week. And you can go back and listen to it on the podcast um, or, or watch it on three or four different video platforms that we have. So we, we said this, is you resist the devil when you choose the wisdom of gentleness. So I hope you were more gentle this week. I, I had some opportunities to remember my own sermon this week. And then the other one was receive order. That's really the point from the elimination of envy and selfish ambition. And the, the, tr- the truth is this, that when we have envy and we have selfish ambition, not just so now let's, let's dig into some other points, um, and then we'll, we'll be celebrating with those being baptized soon. My third point in this sermon is harvest peace. Harvest peace. Now, here's where I get that from Scripture, and this is such a powerful statement. Verse 18 of James chapter 3. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. Now, now, peace is something that we pray for, and that's part of how we cultivate it. But I, but I want you to see that you also sow seeds of peace so you receive the fruit of peace. And so your future will be more peaceful because decisions you make today. With God, we cooperate with Scripture and with his, his permissive will and his purposes, and and we see a future of more peace because we're going to cultivate peace. We're going to make choices today to be more peaceful tomorrow. So if your life's not full of peace now, we want to pray with you. We want to believe with you. The presence of the Lord is here. You've already experienced it to receive peace. But additionally, I'm telling you, change some decisions or make some decisions and change some behaviors and attitudes to cultivate peace. You know, cultivating is you prepare the ground, you plant the seed, you water it, you do things to have more peace. I want you to know this, a more peaceful life is before you, it's in your future if you make effort to pursue peace in your future. So here's something kind of fun to do. You may want to make this list physically or you you might want to make the list just privately. Where do you lack peace in your life? Where do you lack peace in your life? It's kind of good to ask, like, what is disrupting me? What, what's making me lack peace? All right, so if you, if you lack peace in your job, because a lot of us do that. I don't have peace. I don't like my job. I didn't think I'd have this job. Well, don't quit your job tomorrow, okay? I don't think that's the Lord's will because that's, that's just being, you know, that's testing the Lord and, and that's just not wise. But you could, like, imagine a year from now or maybe even five years from now, what could my job look like? And you can take steps to change that. Um, think about your family. And you know, holidays are right over the horizon. How, how many know that you might as well decide right now to have good holidays? Might as well decide to dwell in peace as we approach this holiday season. Look for good boundaries. Look for good boundaries in your life. And think about strategies to engage and engage in healthy ways. So yeah, pray God, bring peace to my family. But maybe you need to be the answer to the prayer someone else is praying. So if you you bring dissension to your family, don't do that anymore. If there are subjects you don't need to talk about, don't talk about those anymore. You be the answer to someone else's prayer. We're going to cultivate peace 
peace with our boundaries. Maybe this year, this holiday, if you have, you know, a lot of different parents, we have blended families now and grandparents, maybe it's just not God's will for you to have four Thanksgiving dinners because that's not going to bring peace to your life. So plan ahead and prepare for that. In the area of finances, you know, we, we love to talk to you about finances because we believe in giving and we believe in sowing seed and all of that, tithe, giving to causes that God stirs our hearts for. But financial management's part of that. I'm so happy that Tate Rivera and Laura Rivera are offering the Good Sense classes starting in October. Um, it's a national ministry that they're going to bring here during Awana. And so for six weeks, we can all look at our finances. So that class is limited to, to size because of space, but hey, we'll offer it again, most likely, if you participate. So, so we want more peace in our finances. We got to plan for more peace in our finances. If your house is lacking peace, you can do something about that. And, you know, I, I used to love where, where I lived, and I probably shouldn't tell this illustration, I, but, oh, well, too late now. Uh, I loved where I lived. I lived in this one house for 17 years, and, and I still love that house. But, man, we went from two cars to five cars because we had three teenagers. And then our neighbors across the street, two te- they went from one car to four cars. And I just lacked peace when I got home every day because it felt like a used car lot. There were cars everywhere. And it was like a, the most dangerous place in Hendersonville. It was like, a, you know, right there. It's like children were in jeopardy because of all our cars. So, so I moved, you know, I mean, it, it was uh, pretty stressful to, to move, but after 17 years, that, that's pretty much why I moved and, and I'm glad I did, but, but, but that, you can't do that as quick. You know, that that's hard to do that. And, and there's sometimes limitations. So if you, if you need peace in your home, you know, start by, I'll just give you, I told you the sermon would be practical, um, clean out your pantry. Because you probably have like a pork and beans can that expired in 2014. And, and you're just going to have more peace in your life by just throwing that thing away. And, and so there you go. I mean, you can do something about not having peace in your life. This is, let, me, let me just read that scripture because, because I'm not just talking about random things. Look at verse 18. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Resist the devil in an unspectacular way. Yeah, I resist you, devil. But I also am going to make decisions to have more peace in my life. And, and that, that goes more than these practical things. Cultivate discipline with your mouth. I get, guys, I have an undisciplined mouth when I don't submit it to the Holy Spirit. So did the prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, he said, you've got an unclean lips. You live with people of unclean lips. So so I pray, God, just help me to be more disciplined. When God gets control of my tongue, he's usually controlling everything in my life. And so be more disciplined with your mouth. Here's something many of you need to hear today. Cultivate the ability to say no to something you want. You will have more peace in your life. Like make it a practice. Like... I don't know, once a month or once a week, maybe some of you once a day, something you want, say no to. Because then you'll find that your, your true need is him. And, and then you'll have more financial peace in your future. Cultivate interest in other people. Now, I'm so excited about what I'm gonna tell you because I'm about to help some of you so much. I believe this. 
I want to share with you how you can make friends because some of you need friends in your life and it's really not complicated. Here it is. If you don't talk about yourself, but listen to someone else more, you'll have more friends than you know what to do with. If you need friends, stop talking so much about yourself. Because if you just listen to people, you'll have all kinds of friends. That's not always easy to do. So I I was at my son's college just this weekend. And some people I never met sat down with us. And um, they started telling me everything about their life. They live on the border of Wisconsin and and Illinois. And they were driving through Bowling Green. And they stopped to get gas. And they found out Western Kentucky was there. And then their daughter looked into their program. I heard their whole story. They didn't ask one question about me. I nod, listen, and I could tell they liked me when I left. (laughs) Because people like to talk about themselves. And if 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 you need more friends in your life, be a great listener, and you'll have more friends than you ever imagine you'll ever have. Here's point number four or two, depending if you came to both weeks. Replace discontentment with prayer. Replace discontentment with prayer. So everyone gets discontent. You know, sometimes God uses holy discontentment, you know, to spur us on. But every one of us deals with discontentment. Even, even the billionaires do. And they, they get bored with their money. Look what the very practical apostle James said in James chapter 4, verse 1. What is the source of wars and fights among you? So, so where does all this conflict come Don't they come from your passions that wage war within you? And look at verse 2. Here's a definition of discontentment. The Bible gives many definitions, but here's a good one. You desire and do not have. You murder and covet covet and cannot obtain. You fight and wage wars. And then here's the deal. All of this conflict comes because this perception that I'm missing something in my life. It causes both relational issues and it causes like things as serious as murder. And you can, you can think that through. You do not have because you do not ask. Isn't it interesting that the things we're discontent about are things we typically don't pray about? In verse 3, you ask and don't receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on pleasures. So for all of us who are discontent, which is all of us, we all get that. Make another list. I told you to make a list of the things that you don't have peace about. You probably will make a list of things you're discontent about. There'll probably be some parallel. And let that list become a prayer list. Because according to this scripture and according to the life that I've lived, God will either change the situation or God will change you. He either will will change the situation where there's discontent or he will change you. That's what the scripture says, and that's what I've seen in my life. Here's the fifth point, or third point. Third point. (laughs) If you want to resist the devil in an unspectacular way, this is what I'm talking about. Get out of here, devil. You're not welcome. Well, here we go. Befriend God, not the spirit of the world. 
Befriend God and not the spirit of the world. And let me talk about friendship before I get into the scripture because I think it'll mean more. Um, how, how do friendships develop? Friendships develop through time and repetition and shared experiences. That, that's, that's how friendships form. You know, the, the definition of friendship has often been, hey, you too? You also? You like that? You know, I like that interest. And it may be church and, and deeper, more Jesus. But the, friendship is always about something. And so God has called us friends. He, Jesus said, we're not just servants, we're friends. So how, do, how does that friendship, how do we cultivate that friendship? And we spend time with him. We have shared experiences with him and we repeat that. At the same time, that's how we do with the spirit of the world. Many of us, we are becoming friends with the spirit of the world, which is opposed to God. So let's just read scripture and I'll talk a couple more minutes about that. James chapter four, verse four. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world, that spirit of the world, as I call it, is hostility towards God. So whoever wants to be friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. Or do you think it's without reason that the scripture says the spirit he made to dwell in us, and that's the Holy Spirit, envies intensely, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I just want to close this teaching with, with a couple more comments. I think that as Christians, our desire to be relevant, like we, we say, we want to be relevant. We want to make Jesus cool. That has caused us to become closer friends with the world than with God. And what's the evidence of that? Time, repetition, shared experiences. I want to say and remind you, it is okay to be uncool for Jesus. It's okay to be uncool for Jesus. That's why it's okay if you're not up on every trend. It's okay if you don't necessarily, because of your, your understanding of scriptures, agree with every perspective that, that people in our, in our communities agree with. It's okay if you're not familiar with every popular music group, if you're not up on every show to stream. It's okay if you don't know the name of any movie that won a Grammy. And I don't even know if that's the right category. Do movies win Grammys? See, I even know. So I don't know. So whatever movies win, it's not Oscars. I know that. It's, it is Oscars? Okay. <laughs> well, I hope this sermon point is made. It's okay to not know... Which movies won the Oscars the last five years? You can still be everything God's called you to be. In fact, friendship with God is where power comes from. And, and I think we've got this messed up that we, we want to be so cool and trendy and connected to the world that we make Jesus cool. Look at that lady, man. She is cool. She has it together and she loves Jesus. So Jesus must be great. Look at him, man. He is so relevant that Jesus must be relevant. But in, in our desire to have relevancy, we become more friendly with the world than we have with God. And because of that, because of that, we're not resisting the enemy. We're not resisting the devil. We're cooperating with the devil. And so, hey, guys, I hope these, this teaching 
reminds you to resist the devil in an unspectacular way. And guys, those of you who are watching, those of you who are here, you're doing that this morning. You're you're participating in the life of God and the life of the church, and that's beautiful.